welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Hello, I'm Bill Bannum, host of the HR Chat Podcast, and in this special crossover episode, we're going to speak to the leader of an organization that, among other things, helps women professional athletes leverage their skills that they've developed through high-level sports to transition into careers with top companies. Yeah, and I'm Jamie Allison. I'm really happy to be doing this with Bill. I'm the host of the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. This is a destination for high performers. So a really nice link with, uh, with Bill's show as well. Um, really happy to, to be able to uh, introduce Digit a little bit. Digit Murphy uh, is the president and head coach of Ruth, which we'll talk about a little bit today. Um, but you may also know her as the president of the Toronto Six, um, which is uh, a professional women's hockey team in Toronto. Um, she is a legendary Brown University hockey coach and a member of the Cornell Hall of Fame, uh, the first woman to 200 wins and is still on the all-time winningest coach list from the NCAA. Um, she has coached in the CWHL in both North America and China, won a bunch of Clarkson Cups, which is uh, the the big um, you know the big the big trophy in that league or was, um, and also um, was the creator of uh, a professional women's lacrosse league as well in conjunction with STX. So. Some, some really cool firsts there, Digit. Yes. So, so thanks for taking the time with us today, but th- that's got to feel good being. Oh, it, you know, it, it feels great. Like when I, whenever I hear like all the things, I'm like, oh yeah, I did that. Oh yeah, I did that. Because I feel like I'm constantly in motion creating the next thing. Everyone's like, well, why don't you write a book? I'm like, I'm too busy creating things and writing about the past. So, you know, I think some of the things that we have to do as women leaders and uh, women who are on the cutting edge of change um, you just got to go and you got to say it and you got to tell the truth and you got to always be looking after uh, the next generation leaders. So that's kind of what I've been doing my whole life. You've got a really deep background in, in sports and coaching. Um, and now you've got this kind of transition piece into talent and entrepreneurship. Was, was, that a, was that a difficult transition for you? I mean, I know you're doing both right now, yeah. but is that a different thing to get your head around when you've had this very different type of, of career to start with? It, it was really hard um, when I first left Brown because, you know, let's face it, I was a rebel. I was a change agent. And, you know, institutions don't really like that, right? They're like, oh, bad, you know bad energy, but really it's bad for them. It's good for us women, right? So I I struggled a little bit trying to figure out where I was going next. And um, part of being a leader is is learning as you go. You know, I, I feel that until I left Brown, I wasn't totally that lifelong learner that I've become in the last 10 years. And every every year I would just learn more and more about myself and my wants and needs. And I would take the energy and pretty much, you know, what I learned in sports to just lead in different in different ways. So um, started uh, use the platform for the CWHL head coach to then go into some uh, college advising, helping kids get into college, uh, coaching junior hockey, which looks like a step down. But I was like, you know, I learned a lot about coaching, coaching junior hockey because I learned how to motivate a different set of individuals, which were kids that weren't going division one, which were kids that sometimes didn't have the right outside edge. They couldn't like turn it. So it made me get back to my basic uh, mindset. So that was kind of cool. And then, um, you know, the women's lacrosse thing was just like, why not? Like, let's just do it. Let's take all those lessons that templated pro league we had in hockey 
and let's use that sponsorship money because STX was a, a leader in change early and they helped us start women's professional lacrosse and then China and this, like, I'm just really lucky and fortunate that my energy is, is noticed and um, I was able to do that. But it, it was tough. It was a tough transition. And that's one of the reasons why I want to help women um, who don't know where to go, like when they're in their late 40s, early 50s, or after they have a baby, I want to help them. This podcast is supported by Fidelo Inc., a consulting firm specializing in improving human performance. Through their products and services, Fidelo helps clients design, develop, and implement strategic integrated human resource processes and systems. Learn more at fidelo.com. That's F-I-D-E-L-L-O.com. So Digit, you've noticed the difference in the networks and opportunities available to, to high-level female athletes versus their male counterparts. Maybe you can tell us a bit about that, what it looked like maybe 10 years ago, where we're at right now, what, what you're hoping to see change. Yeah, and, and that's a great question. Um, and I, I noticed at Brown when I was there that the athletes didn't utilize career services. And I always wondered why, because I saw this big connection between the men's side they didn't really even need career services because they had already established this vast network. You know, you went to Brown, you became an investment banker or, you know, you just got you got taken into this like group of men that just took care of each other and got them jobs. And women didn't have that, nor did they understand how to use career services. And that was a big piece of alumni giving back. Right. If the men had better jobs and had more money then the program benefited as well. So I noticed it as a coach. And I also noted as noticed it as a woman leader. So I said, what is the issue with that? The issue is that there was no network. Women didn't even want a network because they weren't even thinking about life after hockey. They were so dialed into pleasing the coach and winning and pleasing each other that they kind of lost track of, oh yeah, I got to do something after this. They were just so committed and focused. So that's why Ruth you know, popped into my head, um, you know, at that point in time, I just noticed it. And as I continued to notice it, transitioning out of the professional ranks, um, transitioning out of NCAA, we said, hey, there's a connection. And how do we take these women who can't take advantage of the resources that are in college? How can they take advantage of this, this comfortable network that we can all connect with and and then the companies should be also noticing that. And, and you know, that's what Ruth's about. And I can't wait to tell more companies, which is why I'm on the show. Okay, well, let's do it then. Tell us more about Ruth. Um, so um, we get the premise, but how, how does it work? Uh, if, if people are interested, how do they get involved? What's that process look like? Give, give, us, give us the whole overview. So right now we're in primarily uh, startup mode and we're doing uh, small games, essentially more in Toronto because that's where we are, right? And we were, we're lucky enough to be gonna be announcing a major um, uh, company in Toronto. I can't, we can't tell you, because if we tell you, we have to kill you, but we'll be announcing that we'll be with a major employer in Toronto where what we will do is give, these, uh, give this company a pool of athletes that they can choose to pick to get a job. So, you know, it's like a, almost like a jobs board, that one piece. But from the athlete's perspective, it's getting athletes from all levels of sports, all sports dialed into this community where they can get their in, they can get their resumes done. They can have, they have an assessment talent tool uh, called Plum. 
uh, where they can get on there and like kind of figure out what their skill set is. And they also can get a mentor. So what we're trying to do is make it comfortable for these athletes to feel good about themselves, their resumes, their interview skills, and then connect them with the companies that want women athletes because they want them. They just don't know where they are and they don't know how to get them. And yeah, you go on LinkedIn or Indeed, and it's really difficult to kind of call down, to dial into who the athletes are. And one last thing that's really important, and, and Jamie can speak with this because he's been he's been working with a few of my athletes in Toronto, helping them transition. They're very self-deprecating. Like they could be the captain of the Harvard women's hockey team. And that won't be the number one thing on their resume. It will be down buried in the bottom. So these are the kind of, we're trying to build their confidence in how, how athletics really is an asset to companies and leadership. So that, that's quite an interesting reality. Um, many people perhaps would have assumed that um, very successful athletes will be very confident people won't have an issue in terms of projecting their personal brand getting it out there um, being okay with the fact they've got lots and lots of adoring followers and, and that they're okay to make the use best use of that to build their career um, you're saying that it's the complete opposite they're very humble people um, that's part of their training that's part of their inner belief that's, we're, we're recording a podcast hey, and there's a dog in the background uh, fantastic. <laughs> it's always like that yeah, that's <laughs> she's, a, she's a she's a sports enthusiast dog. Um, but so I, I guess the question in all of that, uh, if you can still hear me, is is why? Uh, what, what, why 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 are most uh, successful sports people's personalities like that, and why why then do they need that help? So when you look at women athletes, they're so conditioned to be team players and not put all the attention on themselves that that transitions later in life. They don't want, especially in women, like. When you're in a locker room and you're the number one player on the team and you're scoring all the goals and all the attention is shining on you, you don't want your other people in the locker room to feel bad. And I think that I think that's one of the things that happens for women because <clears throat> um, I don't know, I've been there. You know, I've been one of those women that's been the star, right? And, you know, when I was in college and it doesn't feel good when the coach is always picking on you. So I think naturally as women, we kind of, we kind of put the light over there and want to shine it on other people. So I think, I think that's a little bit, and it's not all of them, but it's a lot of them. So what Ruth will do is, is help these people figure out the athletes, figure out where their sweet spot is and how to accentuate the positive of what they bring to the table. So digit, you know, one of the, one of the other things is um, with the T6 with Toronto six, um, there's a bit of a link here that NWHL, which is the, what, you know, the league that that was part of has just branded differently, which normally is just a, it's a rebranding exercise, but I, I found it very interesting considering our conversation today because they've removed the gender identifier of women's out of, mm-hmm. out of that. And, and maybe, you know, can you, can you fill us in on that? And, and what's the, the thinking around that? Cause some people I think would probably react, Oh my gosh, like, you know, we're trying to promote women's sports. Why would you remove yeah. that? But that was intentional from what I understand. Yeah. It, so they changed the name from the national women's hockey league to the premier hockey federation. And the idea around that was to be one of the first that actually put that de-emphasize the women and emphasize the people. We are great hockey people. We're not women. We're, we're people. We're humans. We play hockey. Why do we have to be identified as women hockey players? We're awesome. We're not, we're, we're not just awesome hockey players. We, we just happen to be women. Okay. So 
I think that was the idea behind it. And the thing, the uh, big slogan that they're saying is uh, no labels, no limits. We don't want to label ourselves as women. We want to just label ourselves as hockey players. And we want people to know that we're here. We're leaders, heroes, and role models in the community. And we don't just want to be women leaders and role models. We just want to be leaders. So that's that's the case. And I, I always hearken back to when I first, it's so funny how history kind of repeats itself, but doesn't because Back when I first started at Brown in 1989, yes, I'm that old, um, we were Brown women's hockey, women's hockey, and they were just Brown hockey. And I was always like, why are they just hockey and we're women's hockey? Why are we identified as women? So I would always complain about that. I'd be like, they should be Brown men's hockey or we should be just Brown hockey. Like it was just like this ongoing argument. I mean, again, like I said, I came out of the womb like this. So. Um, they changed it to Brown men's hockey. And if you look now, and it wasn't just me doing it, other people are complaining. I'm just, you know, telling you the context. But now it's funny, they're taking, they're probably gonna be taking the ponytail out of a lot of a lot of these like icons that have women. They're gonna be taking the lady bulldogs. Like I've always hated that. You know, always hated the lady bulldogs or the lady Northmen. That was a real that was the really funny one. My kids high school. We are the lady Northmen. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> or, you know, at Providence College, they used to be called the Lady Friars. I'm like, they're the nuns. They're not the Lady Friars. They're the nuns. But anyways, I'm just saying, like, those were the examples that we had back in the day. And now it, it tickles me to death that, you know, they're taking the woman out and and we're one of the, the first. So I'm just uh, I'm really proud of our owners and our commissioners to get ahead of that and to be real change agents in the game. And um, yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, so I hope more people, the, the one thing that I will say, and I, I know change is hard, change is hard. You got so many naysayers out, that, out there right now because, oh, this is a bad name. I'm like, look, here's the deal. The NHL is the men's hockey league and people identify the NWHL, they know automatically it's the women's hockey league. So yeah, it's gonna take a while for them to get it. But just like Ruth, I was like, what's Ruth? I'm like, you'll know soon enough, right? It's like, it's like the name will be synonymous with who you are. So I'm not worried about people not getting on the bus, but I am happy that, that we're driving the bus in a different direction. We do wanna make sure that we kind of talk about mm. Ruth a little bit here and what's coming up digit so so maybe in that kind of 60 seconds or less um you know what what's on the horizon for for ruth and and what should we expect to see and maybe how do how do companies get involved yeah so um we were in in the beginning of september we are rebranding we're relaunching ruth uh we will be doing podcasts we will be doing zooms uh, to get these athletes engaged in the process now. We have over 100 athletes that we have in the community teams right now. We called it community teams. We, we trademarked that word. Instead of communities, we're community teams. Um, and companies can get involved by just getting going to our website, www.teamruth.co, www.teamruth.co, and just signing up for uh, a meeting with us to kind of talk about how we can help you get access to these community of this community of athletes because we have kids from Harvard. I always say kids, sorry. Athletes from Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Cornell, uh, McGill, U of T. Like we are gonna, our idea is to have all representation from all sports. And there's also a DNI initiative where we are going to get at least 20% of our total athletes uh, have a DNI um, component to it. So, you know, it's a lot. It's, it's aggressive, but you would never expect anything less 
from a coach and a group of athletes to be aggressive and to come win that championship, which to us is to populate the planet with more women in corporate that can help lead. That's a great kind of overview of it. I know that um, you're doing really good work with those uh, athletes so far. I know you've already helped a lot of them. And uh, yeah. um, I think the organizations are, are really going to benefit from this when it moves forward. Thanks for your energy, Digit. Uh, Bill, any any last questions or anything else you want to you know, bring forward there? Just to, to reiterate, thank you so much for joining us today, uh, Digit. We've, we've had a great time. We've we've learned a lot. We we think you are doing some awesome things for the community and helping, helping uh, uh, women athletes move into awesome careers and uh, we look forward to getting you on the game very soon. Oh, you're, you're awesome. Thanks you guys for having me. Love Thanks it. so much, Digit. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast brought to you by the HR Gazette.